Commanders, and welcome to episode 103 of the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. Now, this evening, I'm presenting your show because your regular host, Charles, is not here. And it kind of, well, the word host kind of is a bit of a misnomer, really, isn't it? Because let's face it, we're all on Skype and we're all in different parts of the country, and there's a lot of technical hooja McGiggy going on to try and get the show to you, which actually I'm not really doing. All I'm actually hosting is the Skype call. And even then, Colin was supposed to be doing that. But, well, things went wrong. So anyway, joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are the Whispering Late Night voice of Top Shift and the uh, Free Alliance... Re- that would be Colin Ford. <laughs> Thank you very much. And also joining us is the man who will interrupt anybody, head of health and safety. I will not. Shut up. There we are. I don't need to introduce him. Ben! <laughs> hey, Al, how you doing? I, I, I'm fine. You know, I, I, you know, I know you will, you will, you know, <laughs> you will do your best. Um, and finally, we have with us uh, the inimitable, uh, um, what, what would the word be? Well, unique, I think, is, is always the yeah, word. Vulnerable. Um, yeah, that, that's probably abominable. That would that's that's be the good. One. Um, uh, hailing all the way from, from Glasgow, where I'm going to go and meet him very shortly in the next couple of weeks for Elite Meet, it would be Grant Walcott. Hi, Grant. Hello. Hello, everybody. Yes, I am just setting course for 16 virgins, virgin, virginis, sorry, um, on my way to leave. <laughs> so uh, just before we started, we were running a little bit late. There were a couple of technical issues. Just before we started, though, uh, Colin managed to get interdicted in a Type 9. Uh, ben has just uh, winged out and gone to save him. Uh, bless you both. Uh, it was was obviously incredibly fraught from this part of the Skype conversation, although the rendition of the Dambusters was a little bit loud after you'd <laughs> managed to get away. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, obviously it's all exciting and you've, you've managed to, to now join us, um, which is, is all great. And hopefully we've got other commanders outside of Lave, which is great. If you want, you can join us live. We're hanging out there in-game, apart from me. I have to run the station, which is such a shame. Uh, we're in open at Lave Station, and we're also in the IRC chat channel, which you can access through the Lave Radio page. Okay, so I believe Foz has left us some cliff notes here, hasn't he? He's left us things. It's like it's like that, 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 that lesson when you go in and there's a supply teacher and there's been some work set for you to do. So apparently the first thing we had to do is we had to come up with what was something cool that we found on the internet this week. So, Grant? I I was just going to say I've got a note from my mum. I I couldn't do the homework because my kittens ate it. (laughs) Uh, What did I find that was cool? I found this week on the internet, I actually found a highlight video of the postmodern jukebox concert I was at in Glasgow. And it was just so awesome to kind of, you know, relive some of those moments. And it was definitely amazing. So that was something that was really fun to find. Ben? 
I'm not convinced you want me to go into this, but I found an alternative blow-up image, shall we say, for a show that we're doing tomorrow evening. Okay. Colin, what did you find? Uh, well, apart from making the mistake of... Uh, or finding the mistake of never leave your Skype window open with the live radio crew just in case uh, they pull something and your son just happens to walk by and then you hear daddy what um i th- i think i've just discovered these husky memes i've never okay. seen them before but of course huskies being very expressive dogs uh you've got uh, a silly punny punchline and a dog that looks as if it's laughing at its own joke what what more do you want i guess i guess if you're a, you're a, you know a dog fan then then that's 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 exactly it um for me it's actually it was quite apt really because um my level 6 students my final year students did their uh did their presentations this week and as part of their presentations they have to do them on particular innovative themes um in new media so we had quite a few really interesting new things mentioned one of which was night terrors if you've not seen the kickstarter for the arg game night terrors it's amazing uh really really clever idea um pokemon go they were talking about ingress they were talking about obviously those are a little bit a little bit older pokemon go is is you know is coming up fairly soon um and uh somebody else mentioned the ar incorporation of ikea if you've seen the ikea catalog where they've got ar codes in it so that you can use your mobile phone to uh, put a piece of furniture in your house and see what it looks like. So you put down a piece of paper on the floor and it, it, it generates the piece of furniture. So you can take a picture as if the piece of furniture is in your house, which is quite cool. Um, and then the final thing was Petite Tube. Yeah, now Petite Tube, which is, I think it's www.petitetube.com, isn't it? Yeah. Um, is basically is the is a random selection of the least interesting videos on the internet. So when you log onto the the page, and I caution you, this may well be not safe for work because we have no control over the the which video that the the system will generate. Um, it basically YouTube video that has no views, and of course you will watch it, and therefore it will have one view, which means it will never have have you know it will never get loaded ever again. So which is all very interesting. So yeah, well, not very interesting because the videos have no. So. Anyway, so that that moves us on, doesn't it? That moves us on really nicely. So, what are we doing uh, in relation to the Lave Radio Network? So, guys, you know, I've been I've been tardy here and not really seen what's been going on with regards to uh, the you know the upgrade for the, the station transmitter and the other bits and pieces with the faction. So, do you want to fill me in? What's what's the latest? Yeah, I mean it's it's quite straightforward if you're if you're familiar with doing uh, minor faction work. Essentially, what we need to do, we did the community goal, and that was bringing rares to the station and um, selling those crystals there. But what everyone was doing was picking up brandy and taking that back to the other destination. And the bad side effect of that was, of course, that when you buy from a station, you put money into the controlling factions, and in Lave, it's quite a unique. Make up where the controlling faction is massively percentage wise influenced. And I will give you a quick figure in about two seconds when I arrive and leave. But 
with them being so high, the rares really helps bolster their control of the system. And, you know, historically through the game, everyone's been going to Lave and on the rare run, buying it. And the controlling faction of that station is getting a huge boost every time people fill up with Lavian Brandy. And that's just, you know, a side effect of the fact that it has got a great commodity there, which means once we get in control, which we can hopefully do, then we'll have that wonderful benefit of being such a high influence in the system, which is, you know, it's one of those things. So uh, the current one, they're 84%. Now, most of the other factions were at 1%, and Lave Radio comes in at 9 uh, at the start. So after that community goal, we are a little bit behind now. We're down to 7%, which is to be expected. But Lave Incorporated is rising to 2%. And the workers of labor liberals are sitting pretty right at the top there with 84% influence. <laughs> so in order to get anywhere in here, we need to bring our influence up and the controlling factions influence down to a point where they become close enough that we either spark a war or we spark a, essentially an election, which is what we kind of got for the truckers in George Panzatti's. And uh, that will be then give the chance for whoever wins to take the best station off the losing faction, which of course would be Lave Station, and would be a huge, massive victory for us. Now the problem is, how would you do that? Well, with such a low percentage influence in a system, the number of Lave radio network missions is minimum. You're going to struggle to find them. So you will have to jump around all the stations, Lave Station, you'll have to go down to the Planet Stations and try and find as many missions you can for Lave Radio Network. Stack them all up, go and complete them, bring them back, and that will help boost the influence. On the flip side, if you want to be a real rogue, if you want to be uh, risking the fact it's going to take us some time to take over Lave Station, then you <laughs> can do the undermining missions, which is essentially to come in and shoot all the system authority vessels you can, and in fact you can blow up every ship. You try and leave the Lave Radio Network ships alone to carry on their business, and that kind of helps, but basically you will then undermine the main system because they're losing control of the crime count. Equally, you can smuggle to the station. Now, that's quite straightforward if you have collector limpets and you've got two large ships. Uh, what you do is, you know, you can fly in with all the stuff you've bought, dump it just outside, you know, well, a good 10 kilometres from the station, uh, but don't abandon it. Have your colleague lift it up, get into the station, and then sell it on the black market. And that has the effect of undermining the main faction as well. So combinations of these running missions will help raise our influence. And the higher we raise the influence, the more missions we're going to get and the more mission types you're going to get you'll become allied with it so you'll get preferential missions and with the missions update that could get even better but it is a bit of a catch-22 at the moment with such a low influence it's difficult so we really want to work on missions for Lave Radio Network 100% and focus on that uh, don't bounty hunt in the system because anything you do to help increase that controlling faction is against what we want to do so really focus on Lave Radio Network's or if you fancy a bit of taking out some of the system authorities, then go for that as well. And a bit of piracy on the local system won't hurt either. I'm just wondering, Alan, you know, you've obviously got a fair amount invested law-wise in the live system, especially with it becoming a alliance system. What would you think about it losing its alliance status and being taken over by a bunch of ragamuffins like ourselves? 
Well, I was going to, that was essentially what I was going to follow up with because one of the things that, that, that kind of we touched on in um, uh, Ask Me Anything uh, on Reddit this week, and we'll go into that in a little bit more detail in a minute, but one of the things I did touch on was the translation of the uh, the fiction factions, as in the, the factions that are, are in the book Lave Revolution, into the game factions. And I did a tiny bit of work on this where um, uh, Frontier asked, you know, Michael essentially asked asked the, the the writers if there was anything they wanted to put into, and they wanted you know anything they wanted to put into the local news feeds, and and unfortunately you know the way the local news feeds work is that you know anything you put in is a bit of a drop in the ocean really, so you know they disappear fairly quickly. But one of the things I did do in one article is I wrote an article about um, the makeup of the Lave Senate and how the current factions in game map to the factions in the book. So the workers of Lave are essentially the um, the formed political faction of the people who lived on the planet and were really oppressed uh, throughout the book, which are the um, uh, the, the colonials or the settlers, uh, you know, that are, are sort of mentioned there. The Lavian Defence Party is um, is basically is the uh, the interstellars and the the spacers. So that it's the it's the Phoenix Brigade, the people who, who you know, did all the, the space fighting right at the end of, uh, uh, of Lave Revolution. And the Lave Fortune organization is all those fat cat rich domineering people who were allied with Hans Walden, um, who were running the planet in the first place. So, but they've still got a load of money behind them. So, you know, the workers of Lave and the Lavian Defense Party are kind of like, you know, I've kind of got a vested interest <laughs> with them and with the, you know, the workers of labor have kind of deserved to run the planet because they were oppressed for all those, those hundreds of years. So, you know, it, it kind of, kind of makes me, uh, makes me sort of slightly torn as it were in terms of, uh, you know, when Grant is suggesting that people conduct nefarious raids to shoot down our system patrol vessels, I'm kind of, you know, I don't know what to think really, Ben. I'm I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, obviously not for such personal reasons, because, you know, Lave, in my mind, is and should be an alliance system. You know, the only times I've done power play was specifically to keep Lave an alliance system. And now we're kind of independent, because obviously, you know, obviously the reason that we're independent is... Actually, I don't think, you know, as a group of guys, we don't have any really strong biases to the Federation, the Imperials, or the or the Alliance, so hence being independent. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, the mechanics, the mechanics kind of, you know, we, we, we'd probably quite like the mechanics to have more of a, a sort of a, um, a filtered or a, a, an active involvement in game as it were i mean it would be nice to see some of the some of the different uh planets have have you know sort of um some sort of influence related to the major faction that that saw this that and the other in terms of what's there but you know i i mean it's still as you say it is still a it's nice to be um it's nice to be green uh to to quote kermit um rather than blue or um, if we if we were none of those things, I, you know, it's kind of 
I guess I guess then the planet's on its own, and you, you or the the system's on its own, and you kind of thinking about whether whether it can it can manage on its own. I, I you know I, I don't think the the kind of imperial aggression that uh, we perhaps saw in um, uh, you know in thirteen sixty thirty two sixty five. I don't think that's probably on the on the cards as it were. But um, still, it's you know I think the key thing here is, and that's you know let's be uh, plain about it is. You know, nothing should be sacrosanct, should it? You know, people should play with things. People should have the ability to affect things. And that's fun, you know, so so let's enjoy it. I'm just I was just going to pull you up on your Kermit the Frog quote. It's nice being <laughs> green. <laughs> yeah, that was not yeah, right. easy being green. All right, so, so maybe it's the other way around, you know, and maybe that, that, that then becomes your your badge for the Lave Radio Network. You know, <laughs> it's not that, easy that becomes, being green. <laughs> that's that's your new political slogan. Yeah, it's it's not it's not easy being green. Um yeah, no, no, sorry, no, it's uh, you know, I mean it is what it is. And um I I, I think I mean I told the story of how Lave became a alliance um became an alliance uh, system. I you know I'm not going to hang on to the fact that, that, oh, it's got to stay that way just because, you know, why, why it says it in the book. You know, it's much better that people are enjoying it and kind of making those kind of changes. And I, I, I like the fact, and we've certainly seen already, that through the game where certain systems have become interesting, um, you know, you guys have made, uh, you know, the hut and run incredibly important to people despite the fact that it's bloody boring um you know the the whole point here is that is actually it you know it creates something you know something active that players are generating story from and that's what you want you don't want people to just steer clear of these places and turn them into sort of stilted and static monuments do you you want them to be interesting it is it's been it's one of these things where the the actual i find the the player groups and the minor factions gameplay absolutely compelling. There's so many nuts and bolts to it and so many different ways that you as a player get to be part of it. You don't have to click a button to say, I'm doing this. You just play that way. And and it's in the true sense mm. of of an open universe and sandbox is that you are influencing the environment far more... Uh, organically than you would in power play i think anyway power play i think has got its place and I, I would you know one of these days very soon i'm going to turn my head to it and i'm really going to get into it so that i can give a, a fair assessment of where it is now because lots of people love it and i wouldn't say they're wrong at all it's just for me i found it a little bit disjointed from the rest of the universe now just recently the hunting truckers we tried we, we we figured we'd got the background sim worked out and then something very bizarre happened and from no position of being in uh, the likelihood of going into expansion we found ourselves expanding into the altair system which is obviously you know a big system and it does as a player group you do think wow, we've kind of won a watch here, what can we do? Uh, but it doesn't have the tie-in with the lore. It doesn't feel like it. So although we're flipping systems, it doesn't make the universe taste different, if that's kind of a, a way of putting it. You know, it, 
And I think a lot of these updates that are coming through may well add the flavouring to a system that's flipped to an anarchy, for example, and then suddenly you've got this system that's very, very dangerous to go into. But from our point of view, uh, if a system means something to you from fiction, then you're far more likely to kind of find your own reason to jump to its defence or jump to attack it and overthrow it and create your own narrative. It would just be nice to see Galnet reflect that in a more public kind of way. Just that Galnet to me is a little bit of the uh, too long didn't read variety that people just glance at but don't pay too much attention. Which is a shame. Well, I actually spent this this weekend doing something in-game, but completely and utterly out-of-game missions, which was helping Cecil try and detox. Which So basically that involved Dave saying Cecil, who is a figure in the Hutton community, need has gotten very drunk on, drunk on his gin, and we need to do an experiment for science just to try and find what kind of rare goods could actually help him out of his predicament or, or alternatively give him hair of the dog. Which basically meant that Dave told the truckers to go round every or the lave or the lave or the rare systems, pick up one ton of goods and then deliver that one ton of goods times all the stuff you could get to Hutton. And it it had no benefit for me whatsoever in game, but I had such a blast just figuring out the, a good route to get between all the different systems, flying from A to B, and some of them were bloody long way away. You know, I was like, some of them were as, as bad as the one we did for, oh, for the Blood Crystals the other week. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then, of course, topping it all off with a delivery to Hutton. But that led into a minor error, because I, I thought, oh, I'm in Hutton anyway. I'll go and do a couple of missions for the mug. And I accidentally picked up a long a long distance one, which means I need to go back and return to bloody Hutton Orbital to hand it in. <laughs> I mean, that is the beauty of these things, is the fact that you can play... Just do something daft, but it kind of sparks your imagination in the game. It, it doesn't feel quite as futile. It's not like you're urinating into the wind. Um, but you get a sense of being part of something. And the Hunt Truckers, we really have, I think we've kind of really got that wonderful gameplay of being able to incorporate different styles. And with the current endurance race, which is going to be spectacular, where it's an SRV race for... So it's 600 kilometers. It'll take 14 hours of game time. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, it's, des- it's desert bus. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's one point. <laughs> yeah, it's encouraging people to come in teams so that you basically it's carrying cargo across this distance. And so if you want to tag out, then you drop your cargo. Um, and another player comes in and lifts it and carries on that journey for you. So, I mean, yeah. it's going to be tag teams. Um, it should be spectacular. I'm really hoping it's going to be as much fun as we're hoping it's going to be, and we'll obviously use every single radio station controls we have at our disposal to stay in touch with everyone and give everyone a shout-out as we go through this. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. 
Yeah, it does sound it. Um, Colin, did you want to, to just mention what you just uh, just put up on the chat? Yeah, um, at this moment in time, I'm approaching Leaf Station. Uh, I've managed to pick up a mission for uh, Lave Radio, and we've got to go and find Big Al Watt somewhere in space in Overve. Now, the slight problem with this is I know he's going to be in a rock art ship, and I'm in the orange sidewinder. So... If any of you outside Lavery, uh, Lave Station would like to, to wing up and help me get rid of Big Al Watt, um, I w- it would be appreciated. What? What? You're, you're, you're live on air to the entire Lavian populace and the entire Lavian system. You're, you're countenancing getting rid of somebody. Yes. Do, do, do you but it's, mean, not even, it's not even in the system. Do, do you mean that, you know, you're essentially you're just going to go and have a chat with him and invite him for a cup of tea uh Lavian brandy on on me yeah, here yeah, I mean, so, I, so, I'm, I'm quite sure we could i could i could certainly try to alcoholic poisoning so so um poison come on now you know you want to make sure that we're we're being above board about this you know let's let's face it the authorities are listening so let's just say you maybe are going over there to invite him for a drink right Yes, yes. Okay, a, that's a, a very, a very long, the, the longest drink he'll ever have. <laughs> that sounds fine. That sounds fine. You know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you can, you can work that out with, uh, with, with people. Yeah. No. I, just to chime in on the point that um, that was being made. Um, essentially, we're getting back to storytelling tools, aren't we? Really, that's what we're kind of talking about here. And that was kind of one of the things I wanted to pick up on as a main. Uh, sort of theme across some of the other bits we're going to talk about this evening storytelling tools um, as soon as you start bringing storytelling tools to a sandbox the more that the design you know the the company that have built the game bring in storytelling tools the more that people embrace storytelling tools uh, you know outside of the game and so on and so forth the more you start to appreciate what you're actually doing um some of the, you know, I mean, some commanders have, have gone off out exploring into to deep space and have, you know, have, have written ship's logs. And, you know, that immediately creates something, you know, related to what they're doing. It creates something, something interesting, something beyond just sitting there at a computer and, you know, wiggling your joystick, um, you know, in terms of what you're, you're attempting to do. And I, I think that the more we we sort of see this kind of, whether it's for in-game effect or it's for some sort of fictional effect that's been generated, when we start to see these this kind of storytelling idea come to it, whether it's funny or, you know, it's for something else, then actually you start to really enjoy, once you, you know, accept it, you start to really do. So, yeah, more power to that, you know, more uh, more experimenting on Al Watts. That sounds uh, poor guy. Uh, I'm sure he's now sampled every every liqueur across the galaxy that he could possibly and, and consumed any eggs and larvae and grubs and everything else. But, uh, and Thargoid sauce. Oh yeah. Well, you know, it, it might be that somebody found some Thargoid sauce somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, I'm going to move on if that's all right, guys, I'm going to move us on to some development news just to start with. So, uh, we're going to hear a lot more about the first, uh, thing we're going to mention in development news today. We're going to hear a lot more about that tomorrow. So Frontier have launched the Alpha for Planet Coaster. They launched that somewhere between, I think it was 10 and 11 o'clock this morning, wasn't it? Um, so I know that uh, Ben has been uh, 
downloading and cursing on the, the Skype chat, I thought for one second today that he had regressed to being six years old uh, when he, he had a bit of a strop. Um, and I know Chris Jarvis has got it. Grant, I think you've got it as well. Um, so, Planet Coaster, do you want to talk a little bit about it? Not too much, obviously, because we've got a show dedicated to it tomorrow, so you don't want to spoil anything. But, um, uh, you know, what's it looking like? It uses the Cobra engine, and it's smooth as butter. Although my first installation of it was corrupt as hell, and it looked like some kind of strange nightmare with needles going in your eyes. Um, but once I got it re-downloaded, uh, yeah, it was very, very pretty. I've not spent much time on it. It's been a busy, busy day today, but it downloaded, it worked, and it has a distinct feel of... All those classic roller coaster theme park tycoon kind of games, and just a little bit nicer, just a little bit prettier, and riding the rides is spectacular. Ben, what are your thoughts about it? I think Frontier have done their usual job with the installer in that it was buggered to high buggery. <laughs> but apart from that, after some manual hacking and various things that we do and i will have to give front of the, the credit here that their tech support team were awesome as ever but eventually after some manual hacking and various nasty things i did get it running and i i've built a roller coaster of doom and a toilet block cool um sounds sounds delightful um it i think the interesting thing obviously what, what grant said to start with was the fact that you know we're now starting to see the stretch of the cobra engine um which obviously bodes well for for anything that um, that's being produced so if there's anything further that uh, frontier are doing with uh, with elite dangerous or anything else you know the fact that we're seeing some of the the engine being used for for different things i think that's that's only going to you know make it uh, make it all the better um foz has said uh, with the fact that they're hosting the show tomorrow if there is anything that um uh, that listeners want to hear want us to talk about i say us i won't be on but want the the, the team to talk about um on the show tomorrow related to uh to planet coaster then uh, please do you know uh, obviously foz will be there to host host the show uh for tomorrow so uh so that will, <laughs> let that go, be good. Will you? I, I never let anything go you know I, if, if it's comedy material then then i never let it go i think that's i think that's important you know <laughs> people give me ammunition i'm quite happy to use it you know, that, that's, that's the docker's way will will father be present I, I believe so um i think he said he was but i certainly know that chris is on tomorrow so you know you'll get a little bit of a changing of the guard so um uh yeah you know it, obviously it uh, it will uh, we'll, we'll see how that comes to pass okay so we'll move on then to the newsletter so um we've got uh, a little bit in here we've got our video spotlight we've got some merchandise sale we've got some uh, some highlights of horizon we've got galnet we've got um the endurance race mentioned as grant has mentioned it the uh, the hutton cup which i you know it sounds like a really really great idea we might um might have to think about something for lavecon see what we do with that um and then um there is a focus on trading and community goals and some comms chatter. So, I, you know, just first of all, I'm going to turn to, and I know it's a little bit of a way down in the newsletter, but I'm going to turn to Galnet. Now, 
you know, one of the things that's been mentioned is Gaunet's kind of um, uh, dryness, its staticness, its its you know being sort of wallpaper, as it were. I think it's I think it's improved quite a lot recently. Um, I'm liking the new format, and you know, and I recognise that this is not entirely new. This has you know been been the case for for several episodes, but I'm liking the way in which it's now incorporated with pictures. You've got short paragraphs. I think you know that that's become a uh, a sort of staple of what they're trying to do with Gownet and and specifically Gownet Focus. Um, much better than this sort of wall of text that we were getting before that. Don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I must admit it does seem to ha- be having a little bit more um, flavour to it and a little bit more uh, meat on the bone, if you like. Yeah. So you, um, for instance. Uh, one of the stories that we've had lately, which comes off one of the uh, community goals, is the fact that a cruiser is now going to be built. And the other two major factions are now um, responding to the fact that it's going to be built, which I think is is really nice. The fact that, you know, one part of the galaxy, there are rippling effects onto the other. We am... There was just a, I, I didn't think that kind of thing was there before, but over the last couple of months, I think that that's beginning to creep in. Yeah, we're starting to see some forking in relation to the, and, and be aware I said forking, um, in relation to a lot of the, the, the sort of ongoing things that are happening, uh, within the Elite Dangerous universe. And, and I think that that works really well. Um, where you've got storylines and task-based goals and things that are going on, that some people are involved in this and some people are involved in that and some people are involved in this. And there's less sort of central focus towards one big goal or one big thing. It feels like a more diverse, um, you know, more diverse world. Well, world's the wrong word. Universe is the wrong word. Galaxy is probably, you know, let's get it right. You know, the, um, I, I think just by just by having a flavour of lots of different things, and maybe you know, looking at these these sections here, I reckon they're probably saying, okay, hundred words, seventy five words, you know, you that's what you've got to tell your story, and you know, I, I think that's good because then you're you're covering a cross section of things, and it's punchy, you know, it's much better as a you know uh, a sort of flavour to something for people to get involved in. Ben, did you want to say something? <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm in the middle of being interdicted, but um, <laughs> I was. Hey, that, I was honest, yeah, I, well, I, yeah, I've. This has kind that's of fine. gotten me because I'm being attacked. You, you deal with that, and I'm sure. I'm sure somewhere. Sorry. I'm, so, I'm sure somewhere in your brain that um, that uh, that will come back. Uh, I thought. Hey. I thought to start with, I thought you were being incredibly nice and kind of trying to. Uh, <laughs> I was to, being polite, actually. <laughs> trying, trying to not do what I accused you of right at the start of the uh, uh, the, the the show. But anyway, um, so so yeah, so that I think is is something in terms of what's there. It's also nice uh, connected to the Galnet focus. It's nice to see that there are now you know that that we're bringing um you know the the different sort of introductions to different aspects of the game and so on and so forth and i think actually elite's got you know elite dangerous has, has got quite a lot of layers now in terms of you getting involved um i do you know i i'm sort of slightly um 
I think it's slightly helpful. It, it, it hasn't helped yet, but when I get some time to, to do it, just the idea of when you've spent an awful long time out of a game and you then go, oh, actually, I fancy getting back involved and it's changed quite a lot. Is there anywhere I can get a little bit of information to, ah, there is a couple of places I can get some information to. So you can kind of, you know, catch up a little bit in terms of what's going on. That said, you don't want it to do too much. You know, you want it to be able to ease you in and, and not lose any of the sort of risk reward of the um, of the things that you were up to in the first place or the things you want to get involved in next. So, so yeah, so it's nice to see, you know, I've seen obviously the, the different videos and the other bits and pieces and, and I've watched quite a few of those, but the focus on trading is particularly nice. Something that occurred to me actually on the way home today, I was thinking about um, things to then, I'm wondering... And this this relates to you know some of the other stuff. I'm wondering, might what, what do you what do you guys think about the idea of having some sort of um, trade or courier bidding system? Um, you know, high level trade where groups effectively bid to be the preferred courier or trader for a particular I don't know large scale operation. I mean, what are your thoughts on something like that to Elite Dangerous? I think it's an interesting idea. It models certain aspects of reality that I'm not convinced I like terribly much. I'm not a fan of monopolies and things like that. But it happens. And the ability to say, our group is the only group that can trade gold to lave, say, otherwise everyone else maybe has to smuggle it in in the black market, that could be quite interesting. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily thinking about. Um, I'm trying to remember what the US TV show is. There's the, isn't there? There's that show that basically where these bunch of of people one one's got a van, one's got a truck, one's got a, a something, and they basically they have to out um, the lowest bid usually wins a, a a trip. You know, wins a consignment, and they have then transport these weird consignments all across America and it's kind of docu-soap and everything else. That's more what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking about monopolies necessarily, just the idea of, um, you know, consignment bidding and then, you know, essentially people bid a lowest price or, or bid with reputation because, of course, you could factor in the, um, the trade ranking um, of the you know the individual who's going to take the consignment, or of the group that's going to take the consignment, or so on. So you know you could it just I, I just thought it was a nice idea to start thinking about ways in which PvP can be brought into the game, but not in a way that's directly violent. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. I mean, we've already got that to an extent, not with the not with the competitive bidding. But there are missions which will say, take one ton of gold, sake of argument, to here, from here, and you have to have a certain trade rank to get it. But it's not the case of, you know, myself, Colin, Grant, and you are all saying, well, I'll do it for 50 credits, I'll do it for 100 credits, I'll do it for 1,000 credits. Yeah, that was the that was the bit that I think is you know is something we you know that would be quite cool to do. 
Grant, did you have something you want to add to that? Yeah, it was that, that TV show Shipping Wars where they all undercut each other until it becomes completely unprofitable and they break health and safety rules in order to get the job done. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. Shipping Wars, that's the one. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's always that same wee idiot at the end going, yeah, I can do that. And then turns up with a small trailer attached to the back of his Fiat Punto and he's yeah. trying to lift a 200-ton <laughs> monument yeah, of uh, yeah. Lord Braben. But it's one of those... It is one of those parts of the game that I think is is definitely it's, it's, it's a missing point that would be awesome is that kind of the Sid Meier's Pirates where you arrive in a port and it tells you that the treasure fleet was here just a couple of days ago heading over there to Port Royal and off you go in your ship and you try and hunt it down and you can do that with NPCs but equally I'd love to see missions generating clues as to who might be on a long haul mission with a very tasty cargo in order to encourage proper piracy, hunting down your target, robbing them blind because you know they've got the cash and that would be epic but I still want to see missions that put you against other players, you know pick up a, an assassination mission and then have somebody who's got a, a sort of bodyguard mission for that person and I, yeah. just, I would love to see that kind of gameplay but it's just not on the cards as yet Yeah, it's, it's about levels, isn't it and, and I think, you know, we can probably, um, you know the, the the key thing here is that, and I know you guys have covered PvP quite a lot in in the last couple of of episodes, but um, it is the key thing here is about story, and when you start to incorporate story into the way in which player versus player works, um, it suddenly becomes a little bit more palatable, particularly if you make a focus on the story of the player that's losing. You know, it's not about the winner. If the if the design is about ensuring that the loser, you know, maintains some kind of, um, you know, narrative in terms of what they're doing, whether that's, you know, getting a funeral, whether that's, um, uh, you know, the, the, the attached to their rescue from an escape pod, um, or something else, whether that's, you know, anything at all, you know, I think, uh, I think that's important. And I think, I think there's, there's, there's things there that, that could certainly be played with. Um, I do think, and I'll say it and I'll just say it plainly, I think, unfortunately, at this stage, I don't think Frontier have, with Elite Dangerous, have embraced PvP in the way that they... I think there is... You know, it's there. Um, There's been too much focus on consequence rather than focus on trying to make losing palatable. And, you know, and I I think that's a a key distinction. And, you know, and actually, um, you know... uh, there are there are many ways that um, that this could go, and 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 you know I'm sure they've got some ideas up their sleeve. I'm not trying to to necessarily say that um, that they haven't. You know, it depends on when when that is in the uh, uh, the the chain of updates. But yeah, certainly having those kind of competitive ideas around a bauble, which is kind of what you're saying, Grant, with the you know protect the person, kill the person, or even um, transport the thing. Uh, destroy the thing, you know, and so on. It might be nice to have some some objects that could be externally towed. That might be interesting, <laughs> you know, rather than actually fitting in your cargo hold. Anyway, so yeah, just a thought. <laughs> the convoy of ships towing the yeah, yeah, ships yeah. in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, or you know that that great that great you know nineteen seventies film convoy. You know, let's let's you know let's do something like you know Chris Christopherson and. 
on all the rest of, of yeah, exactly. You know, um, shipping wars or something. Just just sort of playing around with those ideas because I mean, you've already got things like the um, the funeral um, pr- uh, your processions. You see the NPCs doing that. It'd be interesting to see, you know, some other things sort of along those kind of lines. Um, just, things that you can't tow. Yeah. Playing that, playing that kind of thing going forward, when we start thinking about you know population plan, you know, population planets, water worlds, if you could imagine how epic it would be if you were in a wee ship waiting for the other six ships that have gone sub uh, under the ocean to lift uh, an artifact or some kind of large uh, crash wrecked ship, and then dragging it using some kind of you know equipment to, to lift it to the surface and see that emerging from the oceans oh there's just so much potential that would be just epic seeing that ancient uh, legacy ship being dragged out of some massive water world and, it, and you know and if you were doing that and and people then ambushed you and, and smashed everything to pieces um, you'd want there to be tools in place whereby that experience still became part of the narrative of what was there. I, one of the things I do think, I mean, I think if the, and you know, this is commander clueless talking, right? So, so correct me if in terms of the balance of combat, um, I do hear it, you know, I hear what people are doing and, and everything else. I'm wondering, do you think that the, the balance towards disabling ships is, is right should should ships be easier to be disabled rather than destroyed? I don't know. What do you think? Well, definitely. Definitely. Um, th- th- something that forces a dialogue is, is I think, is what's missing. Because it's either boom, 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 and you, or you jump out. Oh, crap, I'm about to crash into the planet again. This will be my second Cobra of the evening. Ah, never mind. So it is one of those things where uh, it would be awesome to have your ship totally disabled and then see how willing you are to give up some cargo at the end of it all, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe even if you've got auto repair systems that are trying to work on it and so you're you're trying to, you know, talk the person down whilst you're desperately trying to get something, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yes, um, exactly, Ben. That is is exactly the words. Um, Go on then. Ion cannons. Yes, exactly the words. I mean, you know, obviously that's the Star Wars, um, you know, um, uh, input of ion cannons in, uh, you know, from from Empire Strikes Back. But yeah, exactly something something perhaps that encourages interaction, you know, um, within those those quite linear um, competitive PvP moments. Because at the moment, the way they are is you either die or you get away. You know, and actually, if you can vary that experience, but you know, I'm sorry, I'm preaching. You've 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 got me on. Um, so, anything else in the newsletter, Ben? There was something else you wanted to to add. Oh, well, I mean, I think there was something that I noticed, and a bunch of other folk on Reddit also noticed that in the lovely doing us our tire tracks, which you know, a bunch of us have been looking for when we're driving around our buggies. <laughs> if you look at the Cobra, I think it is. In, on the that image, underneath it, there is what looks like a thing, which is a utility that we haven't seen before. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. You mean over in the corner? Over in the corner, underneath the engine. Be, could be underneath it, or it could be far away on the um, 
Uh, it looks like it's attached to me, but yeah, no, you're absolutely yeah, no, it does. Depends on depends on which way around you you know whether it's attached downwards from the cobra or it's mm. attached on the ground. I think you're right. I think it's attached downwards from the cobra. So yes, yeah, so that's interesting. I wonder what that is. Could just be a model update for something that we've got duplicate models for, or it could be something new. Who knows? Mm. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Right. Anything else on the newsletter, gentlemen? Okay. So we shall move on swiftly. And the next thing to um, uh, to have a look at is, or the next thing to talk about is, well, actually, no, there are a couple of more things here on the newsletter, aren't there, really? Um, we've, we've talked about um, the Elite Stream. We should talk about the Elite Stream. I, I did mention the sort of helpfuls and what have you. You've also got, um, you know, quite a lot of, uh, of continual videos. So for those of you who uh, perhaps aren't, um, you know, aren't as experienced about playing Elite, then obviously there's a, there's a whole set of, uh, of different videos um, from Ed and, uh, you know, and, and continually in terms of what they're doing. Uh, got the, the sections of, of the Galnet and what have you. And then moving out of the newsletter into our main discussion point, Gentlemen, what's DDF Lazarus? It's no one. Aha, I can actually talk about this one. Okay, so do we want to go for an advert break? We might have lost a grant, I'm not sure. Okay. No, no, I'm not here, I'm waiting, if you want, yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, just thinking I'm just thinking that Ben has just said, shall we go for an advert break? And I'm just thinking that actually just before we start the main discussion, it might be a good idea to go for an advert break. So, uh, leaving you tantalising and obviously um, uh, incredibly champing at the bit, hoping to listen to all the amazing wisdom that we have to offer you relating to this DDF topic, we will head for an advert break. See you in a minute. There's radio. It's even louder than me. Wait a minute. That can't be right. Hey, buddy. Why the long face? Exploring is boring. What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store. And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa. Sounds like you've got a case of space madness. What you really need is really big gas tank. What? With really big gas tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort. No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel. It's as easy as honk and go. Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go. Want to be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go. And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonia 5000, you can honk and go, go, go. Gee, thanks, mister. No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Jumbonia 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, pripism, and spontaneous target face. He's only a drug. Okay, welcome back. Uh, after the delights of the really big gas tank, which, generally speaking, people think I already have a really big gas tank. Um, so we're going to move into the main discussion, and this is DDF Lazarus. This is uh, the announcement recently by Frontier where they are bringing back the DDF, the Design Decision Forum, and they are starting to move the details and the influence of the Design Decision Forum towards things that are going to happen in-game. 
Now, this was discussed some time ago, um, and there was some debate as to whether they, you know people wanted the DDF to have this kind of influence. But anyway, so I'm just going to read through the main issue of the topic, and then Colin, if you want to make a, a small comment relating to this, you know, we'll, we'll sort of take the, the discussion forwards. So, default in-game choices to be made by the DDF. It's been a long time, but we're finally able to move forward on some of the things we discussed during the Kickstarter with respect to the DDF and the ability of members to decide together on significant actions within the game. There are some big events coming to the game here in relation to an alien species, trying to minimize spoilers here, and members will decide whether these events first take place, or where these events will first take place, and how the process moves on down the line. This will be by voting on the DDF forum with choices of possible locations. As the events unfold, there will be further such choices going forwards. Not sure about the grammar towards the end there, but uh, anyway, all right, guys, thoughts? Well, I think it's about time that the DDF got their... Um, uh, got their Kickstarter reward, really, because um, this is part of the rewards for the Kickstarter. Where the, if you join the DDF, you could make a contribution to the the, uh, the plot or the the forecoming forecoming events in the game. Um, it did seem that for a while that the DDF Sandro put out a message. I think almost eighteen months ago now, uh, twelve between twelve and eighteen months ago, not long after the. The, the game initially launched to say, well, um, that's it for the DDF. Uh, and there was a lot of grinding of teeth. But now that we've had this announcement from David, it does seem that, uh, it, it's becoming relevant again. And a lot of, um, a lot of people who have completely disappeared, as far as I was aware, have certainly all just sprung up again. And, and the DDF has, has suddenly, um, got conversations going on, which, which is nice. Uh, I do like the fact that, um, you know, we'll be asked to vote. As a, there's a big debate on the forum saying, okay, um, ask us to vote, but please, we don't want to know the result so that it, we still get spoilers. Uh, and I do believe, I think, I think the phrase, um, what's said in the DDF stays in the DDF, um, <laughs> might be a good idea going forward. Too late, obviously. well you know i mean let's 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 face it in terms of of what we have uh for the statements um we kind of all know that ultimately the thargoids are going to come back into the game because frontier want thargoids back into the game everyone wants thargoids back into the game it's going to be you know will be will be awesome to have them back into the game whether this is the thargoids or not we don't know i i kind of think that a little bit that once stuff goes on the DDF forum, it is going to get out beyond the DDF forum anyway. And with that, with that caveat in mind, yes, fair enough. Now Live Radio broadcast it. Everybody's going to know that it's that it's you know available and is is stuff to you know that that's going to be going on. Um, I think really we can't we can't analyze this and we can't discuss it without having the premise. If you see what I mean, you know, if we if we were going to kind of not talk about um, the detail of this, it would be very difficult to have a discussion about it. So, so yeah, so I, I think I think we're there now. So, Rubicon crossed. Um, what do you think about the proposal? I think I think it's a good one. Um, uh, 
and I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what happens and, and the debates that will, will happen in the DDF. A very, very passionate bunch of people, um, <laughs> to say the least. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm also going to be seeing, oh, see if it's interesting to see if people keep their mouth shut. <laughs> Well, I'll do my best, you know, other other than today. I've obviously sat on quite a lot of things for about three years. Ben, did you have a thought about it? I'm actually going to take the opposite position of Colin. I don't like it very much. Um, I think that the members of the DDF and the way that they themselves towards the end of the beta process shows that they cannot be trusted to form a civil discussion. So, you know, they... They blew that opportunity, and frankly, I don't know if I trust them to decide whether the Alliance, the Federation, the the Thargoids, or whatever happens, happens. I just don't think I trust them anymore. Fair enough. Grant? I, d- I didn't know Ben wasn't in the DDF. <laughs> I did, did sound like a little bit of... Was that, was that a little a bit of sour grapes there, Ben? No, I'm joking. Um, I think it's not the godlike powers I was hoping for. I really wanted to send a lightning bolt up Foz's Sidewinder. Um, but I was kind of really genuinely hoping that godlike powers would never be realised. It just seems wrong. It just doesn't seem right that any... That's ridiculous when I talk about hunting truckers and groups of players having influence over things. It just, I don't know, it depends how it comes about. And as Ben says, the, the uh, towards the tail end of the DDF, and in fact the, the nails in its coffin were the infighting and the bickering of I know best that was going on in there and no, no, this game is... And, and basically the DDF having a an overinflated sense of ownership which led to a lot of well, no, your idea sucks and my idea's better and it went round and round and round. But when they come along and they give you six options and it's, you know, um, pick one then it's a little bit different. So I'm kind of hoping that it will be okay and that it will bring a sense of, I mean, let's look at Super Cruise. The DDF has had a hugely positive impact on the game, far more so than it's negative. And let's just hope it sparks our imaginations and maybe brings back some of these amazing talents that have since gone awry and gone off in another direction because they either became disillusioned or upset. So, Yeah, I I mean, I, I remember... And, you know, and you're, you're going to laugh a little bit about this in terms of my ability to, to keep anything stum from the DDF. So I remember when the first DDF uh, posting uh, went up. And actually, I, what I was doing at that point in time is I had it on a projector in a seminar uh, showing my students the, um, the, the, basically the investment of people in this, in this community and in this, this game, because Elite was my, my example of a crowdfunding project that um, that demonstrated how much uh, fans cared about something. So we weren't, you know, I wasn't asking to read anything, and it was it was in nice, you know, small font, so they couldn't. But it was showing just the posts and uh, how quick how quickly the posts were ticking over in terms of everyone desperate to get their five eggs in uh, about what they thought of you know of the the particular things that were asked to be discussed. Now, at that point in time, Frontier were reading everything and, and, you know, recording everything, and they were trying to disseminate, you know, the, the design and the structure of what they've been doing. 
the the situation's changed you know we're we're three years down and by being three years down we are you know they know what they want this is this isn't a game that is now being designed from the absolute basic building blocks it has an identity um you know over that period of three years we've seen the identity emerge we've seen them you know robustly defend the identity when when it's been contradicted and similarly you know the the ddf itself i think to to categorize the members of the ddf as a group um with collective responsibility i think is a bit problematic because essentially you're categorizing a group of people who all pledged a particular tier to the Kickstarter. Uh, now, they're very diverse. Yes, there are some tossers. But yes, there are some incredibly gifted people who've made some incredible uh, suggestions related to the game, you know, and how the game's developed going forwards. And some of those people, you know, subsequently have then been asked about things individually, you know, have, have, have sort of offered more advice individually, have, have done this, have done that, you know, moved off to do other things. Yeah, it, you know, I, I think it's tricky. I think handling the DDF, you know, it is effectively, it's a bag of cats that they have to make a decision about what they do with them. You know, do they keep the cats in the bag? Do they let the cats out the bag? Do they try and keep the cats? You know, you know it is always problematic, but it is they, they saddled themselves with originally in the Kickstarter. So to come back to it shows quite a lot of faith, you know, and, and respect for the people who, you know, who sort of helped them pull the game together in the first instance. But yeah, it's going to be messy because it's because it's the DDF. And I, I, I think that's it's part of what's there. Um, I'm not sure. Again, I'm I'm not completely sure about the idea of in-game influence. I'm not particularly keen on dungeon mastering. Uh, collectively or not, um, elements of, of the game. Um, I don't know. Any other thoughts? Sorry, we're in the middle of a dogfight now. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, I, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously see how things come through in, uh, in the DDF. I take it you're, you're off to go and make a cup of tea for that nice gentleman and, and you're now in the middle of a dogfight. Um, uh, we're trying. We're, we're trying to find said nice gentleman. Uh, okay, well that's you know that that's fine. Um, I, I think Alan, the phrase is they're just putting the kettle on. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, we're that's... boiling them up. <laughs> well, you know, you, you obviously the fact that you don't use a tea bag and you need a strainer. Um, <laughs> tea bag comes later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Grant. Ah, uh, bless. Yeah, we, we knew we could rely on you. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Just as a topic, it's exciting relating to the fact that we're actually seeing something moving on another presence in Elite Dangerous other than, you know, the human factions. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and obviously we'll see what, what happens. And, you know, much as I've kind of raised the, the, the slightly critical note of saying I'm not sure it would be me you know, if I was if I was doing it, I'm not sure I would go with um, letting uh, effectively the sort of remote dungeon mastering element. Um, it's Frontier's choice. You know, they're the ones with the ball, so you know they get to kick it in the direction of the goal that they want. So ultimately, we'll we'll see how that pans out. And of course, if it doesn't work out, it won't get done again, will it? So that's kind of a bit of an incentive, maybe for. DDF members to to behave themselves, perhaps. Don't know. Now they've been starved for a while. You know. Now now you give them 
little bit of a carrot. Maybe we, that kind of helps. We won't know how to make a decision. <laughs> I, I believe it's I believe it's on a vote, isn't it? Yes. So I think that that kind of just deals with it, doesn't it? You know, you can you can choose. I mean, I I, I don't think. I mean, uh, I I don't tend to be on the the forums as much as I used to be, but um, uh, playing to the crowd is fairly obvious, and certainly we've seen that kind of thing done on the DDF before. Um, generally speaking, I think you're more likely to see quite focused voting um, than people attempting to be massively persuasive. But, you know, I mean, we'll see. Could be that, you know, a couple of people have some great ideas. Ooh. Sorry, I'm getting <laughs> cut up by an anaconda now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like listening to someone with constipation. I, I guess I'll just carry on. And then that, that, that kind of, you know, let you guys, let you guys destroy stuff. That's probably the, I, I think, I think this is what Alan, what Fozzer means by hosting. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just, just talk. You know, that, that's probably the best thing. Okay. So going to move on to community corner. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to skip around community corner a little bit because the top of community corner is, is, is me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip down to, to a couple of things first. Um, so first of all, elite races. Okay, thinking, gentlemen, that I am Commander Clueless. What are we talking about with regards to elite races? Tell me about them. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of self-explanatory. What they do is they set up routes and. <laughs> And then race them. So there could be, you know, multiple jumps. It can be, you know, around one station and then back around and you time it and stuff. They do all kinds of these uh, events, much the same as the buckyball run. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, how is it different to the buckyball? Um, I'm assuming it's a little... They've, they've got their own ideas in terms of... Um, because the buckyball stuff originally was, um, was timed runs, wasn't it, over a, a particular you know sort of system yeah yeah and it, it, it's I'm, i've not actually been involved in any of their events or been particularly uh up with them but they've done loads of you know amazing sort of events over the last while and i know that they're they've got a team submitted for the hutton uh mammoth stamina uh, endurance race as well so we'll get a good chance to have a look and see what they do and again you know oh creaky i'm trying to land on my fuel scoop there um it's just one of those. Uh, it's another player group, and they just you know they just like to have races together, and they do tons and tons and tons. Oh, I think Ben is more familiar with them. <laughs> I'll let me come in and cover for you there, Grandchala. Thank you. I was thinking. No, basically, what they do some awesome races, as as you'd imagine by the name. But you know, things that they're fairly famous for is doing races around stations. So they might they might, for example, do a race out of a station, round to the back of it, skimming the top of it, like, you know, and then going back in again and then maybe doing it again just to, and it can lead to some real hectic times. Um, so that's the kind of thing that they do in space on planets and things like that. They usually find interesting terrain, shall we say? And then they'll surprisingly enough race it. So usually it's been it's been flying. I've seen. I haven't seen them doing driving races yet. Well, it sounds sounds good. And obviously the yeah, you know anything that's through 
superstructures and what have you. You've got a little bit of the, the Star Wars going on, haven't you, in terms of what you're, you're attempting to do. So, yeah, I mean, anything that, um, that encourages more participation, you know, and, uh, and sort of encourages people to, uh, to get more involved in the game is, uh, is great. Um, now it's mentioned in, uh, the delightful show notes that you folks have, uh, have put together. Uh, they've got their own subreddit. So if you want to, to get involved, I uh, think you can find that. Does anyone know the link? Not oh, off the top of my head. I think it's slash elite r- slash elite races. Elite. I think. Yeah, r slash elite races. But that'll be in our show notes anyway. Yes. Which, 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 which it isn't currently, but it will be when we we obviously release them. That will be yes. the uh, the idea. So, so yeah. So essentially, that's uh, you know a different sort of uh, uh, racing group that you can go to. Um, we should also mention that uh, the Buckyball Racing Cup is uh, is currently uh, advertising. They are advertising for new um, uh, new participants, uh, new folks to come and join them and to, to get involved. Um, there is a whole uh, setup and uh, uh, and post on the on the frontier forums, uh, which is um, if you search on there for Buckyball, and the thread is the Buckyball Racing Club needs you. So you know that would uh, be very easy for you to to pick out. Um, they've gone through and uh, and put up quite a lot of uh, the videos of things that they're doing, uh, the training of how to fly runs particularly quickly, and all sorts of stuff really. So. Yeah, you know, it, it's certainly racing within the Elite Dangerous game appears to be, you know, very well catered for and, and very fertile in terms of, you know, finding different things to do. So, we, you know, one of the themes of tonight appears to be, you know, the different races that people are, are choosing to do, which I think is great. So, yeah. Okay, so let's go on then in Community Corner. Okay, who's put in this, this lovely bit about the... Beggar's Canyon run and the Imperial Courier. Whose comment was that? That would have been mine. Okay. Was, Can you talk in... now, Colin? Are you yes, are you exactly. okay? You're safe. You're not yes, busy. Yes. You're uh, sat, well, I, you're sat I, down to tea with, with Mr. Al, are you? All, all I can say is tea has been served. Oh, right. Good, good. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this, this was... Uh, a, it's, it's, it's available on the latest newsletter, but um, someone took... Uh, one of the most maneuverable ships, the Imperial Courier, and did a low-level pass on, on in a, some canyons. And I must admit, um, it is. I think the guy was just trying to keep as low to the the ground as possible while, uh, well, basically hit burners. And it just goes to show off the engine, the Horizons engine at its best, going around some of the the geography. And you were there just thinking, yeah. You could just imagine, but uh, womp rats just a target. Uh, it, it, it's one of the things that I've got to break out the Imperial Courier and do myself now. Well, that sounds that sounds great. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, anything that that kind of promotes the the sort of the visual quality, because I think you know there is so much, isn't there, that they've they've managed to to get detail in terms of what uh, what's going on um, throughout the game and anything that that sort of promotes that visual quality at speed is is going to look fantastic so so yeah no uh, fair play so if people where can they see the video is it in the newsletter it's in, it's in the latest newsletter um you just it's one of the featured videos on the okay <laughs> on the on the show so um yeah just have a have a have a link and just sit back and enjoy 
So if you've missed it, folks, then that's certainly worth checking out. Colin's going to recommend that to us. So then the um, the next thing in the uh, the community corner was this weekend we had some Ask Me Anythings on Reddit. Now, we had two that were prominent. There were actually three um, over the weekend. There was also a, uh, a group Ask Me Anything um, for Lavinia's Legion, um, which was over on Elite One. But the two um, individual ones were uh, for me uh, on the 18th of March. This was Friday night. So this was from 7 o'clock. I did a, an AMA. And then Mobius, or uh, the Mobius group, and also um, Photoshopper, uh, signature maker extraordinaire uh, throughout uh, the years of, uh, of the Elite Dangerous development community. Um, he also did an AMA. So to start with, I thought I'd talk a bit about mine. Um, oh, well, I was, you know, I was quite happy with, uh, with the questions and the other bits and pieces, tried to give them whatever I could, um, didn't get anything too spoilery, which was, you know, was, was obviously was something to, to worry about, you know, at uh, a given point, you didn't want to, you know, you didn't want to give away anything that you weren't allowed to give away or anything else. And people were very good with that. Um, and I was kind of able to, to give a bit of an update of where I'm at and what I'm up to, which was nice. So, yeah. Anything you guys wanted to ask me? Uh, well, no, I, th- I think anything I wanted to ask, um, other people got there first. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Ben did ask one question, but uh, thankfully I think I spooked him, so that was, uh, that was useful. I, have uh, to say, I, I was going to throw you a softball, but you didn't need it. You had loads of good questions coming in. Yeah, I thought it was all right. What were you going to say, Grant? I was just going to say the questions were really, were really interesting. They were nice. They were, yeah, they were not sort of infantile, which was really kind of because uh, you know Reddit's got a bit of a reputation for being a, a <laughs> that kind of you know open forum. You are going to get it, uh, but it was actually <laughs> it was really good. And uh, you know, I'll compliment you as well. And the answers were really uh, interesting and informative as well. So it was, it was actually a really nice nice, warm and fuzzy Reddit, ask me anything. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I probably, I was sitting there and kind of thinking, I want to be as full threat as I can. So a couple of times, you know, I'd post a reply and then go, oh, actually, there's something else, you know, and I, I thought that was probably, you know, I was worrying I was talking a bit too much, but I think it was, I think it was fine, you know, people asked the stuff. And it was lovely as well to see in the build-up that people were genuinely excited that I was on. Um you know, that's, that's lovely, you know, and I, I, one of the things that's been amazing over all the time that we've done the show, when I've done the book, you know, everything else when we've done LaveCon is the genuine warmth and appreciation people have for when you've, you've worked on things. So yeah, it was, it was lovely. It really inspired me a little bit too. Um, I think at some point somebody asked me about what I'm up to at the moment and, um, you know, sort of typed up the things that I'm, I'm currently working on. And it made me think about one of the projects that I was working on and, um, and make a good start. So actually I've, you know, I've made a bit of a start on, um, on my next science fiction novel. Cause somebody said, I think somebody said, are you, you seem a bit more confident or comfortable with fantasy. And I thought, you know, no, actually, you know, I've recently written a, uh, a short story for an anthology that's science fiction I've literally tonight just finished a short story for an anthology that's science fiction and I've got a science fiction novel idea that I want to finish this year um, much as you know I've sort of moved towards fantasy a little bit with Chaos Reborn and what have you prior to that 
but um yeah so actually i you know i kind of thought oh actually no you know if people are thinking of kind of neglecting my science fiction i perhaps should get back and and it you know got me writing which was lovely so yeah yeah it was good really enjoyed it uh then right then uh we move on to the second reddit which uh was on the saturday and this was mobius now this didn't go quite the same way um no anybody, anybody uh, have a thought on it initially well um i'm afraid to say it came down to you that we were we have been discussing for the last oh, what, three four shows and to tell you the truth at that, at that moment i mean i was going to pitch in but i thought oh no i've said everything i need to say uh i've got nothing more to add in it and it did feel like you know we're treading over the same ground again and again and again and neither side's going to be um going to be happy with any outcome yeah, you know, it's, I mean, I've obviously only observed what's gone on uh, somewhat peripherally because of the fact that, um, you know, I am the, the couple of shows that you guys have covered it and, and fair play to you for, you know, for, for hearing out both sides as, as well as you can. Um, Mobius is one, uh, it's actually, you know, it's gone on a little bit further in that, you know, there's actually uh, in... Uh, one or two um, additional questions have been added in since the the Reddit finished, um, which has been interesting to see that that sort of happen. Um, and yeah, it kind of it kind of spilled down towards this argument between Mobius and the SDC. So it wasn't really covering so much um, the the details of the Mobius PVE group. Now, I, I certainly, you know, when I did mine, I was expecting particular types of questions. And actually, a lot of what was covered wasn't those questions. You know, there were some that I was expecting, but, you know. So you're going to get that to a certain point, but it did very much focus on that binary. Grant, what, what was your thought? Well, it was, you know, it's like one of these things where now Mobius is, is, has always been a little bit on the edge of controversial sometimes with some very, very strong personal views that he's not afraid to, to defend or to give out. So he's not someone to shy away from a punch. But for me, it was like a, a personal ambush to try and discredit him and really just lots of people wading into something which was more of a personal vendetta than it actually was about PvP. You know, Mobius, you're ruining the game for everyone. I say no. If anything, the one thing that Mobius Group shows is that Frontier have underestimated the desire for a PvE mode by 30-odd thousand users because they didn't think it would be a big thing and Mobius set that group up way back in the alpha you know, when we first got groups, so it wouldn't be the alpha, but when we first got groups, he created it in order to create the game he wanted to play. And we're not talking five or six people. I mean, let's take it. Do we listen to the Smiley Dog crew? How many members have they got in their group versus Mobius? Seven versus over 20,000. Methinks their opinion is a minority, so they can keep it. It's that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> it's a sheer numbers game. So if people play PvE and a small man, you know, a small percentage play the PvP, then everybody's happy. What's the problem? Yeah, I, I mean, 
you know, don't hold back there, Grant, at all. Um, the the um, I think that there's there's one aspect here that I think is is sort of important to to probably fact that from one side they see it as being you know a, a game where uh, all aspects of the game are fair game as it were and there is a very distinct difference if you think about real life. You know, in real life, there are things we don't do, not because we can't do them. We do, we don't do them because, you know, it's not the thing to be done. There are things called laws as opposed to you can't do them, as in real life doesn't allow you to. There are certain things you can't do anyway. You can't fly, you know, which is unless you, you know, um, unless you're Henry Cavill and, and have a green screen. But, um, the point here is that actually there are things that we're used to the rituals of behavior of accepting conformity and as games evolve those ideas of confined behavior in games become become interesting and as a as an academic i'm afraid it it always becomes a really interesting discussion to me or at least interesting observation to kind of see see people and how they react to things that happen in a game in both respects. One, how people see others as, or dismiss others, they objectify others and they dismiss others as not being real people. Um, you know, effectively do things for shits and giggles, which, you know, you kind of see that, that happen at, uh, at one element. And I always go back to the Warcraft funeral crash, you know, as, a, as an example of this. Um, and on the other side, the way in which people who play a game then by investing time in that game become very attached to the things that they have created in that time um, because they put time into them they they regard them as precious so creators constructors you know and actually sometimes in games you have to have destroyers as well as creators to kind of you know balance those things out otherwise you just end up creating all sorts of stuff and there's no you know, it's exponential. You can't, everyone can't make a profit. You know, we, we could, we'd like to think that way. Capitalism is sold to us that way sometimes, but fundamentally, it, you know, if everyone makes a profit, eventually someone has to take a loss or there has to be a loss. Um, so yeah, so it, you know, I, I think all of those kind of behavioral things are interesting. When it got directly into Mobius versus and it got into, oh, look, let's post up some stuff he said that contradicts what he said here and what he said here. You know, it's the nature of a person. You know, people are human. People sometimes say one thing and then say another. I try, you know, as, as an individual, I try and basically, if I get something wrong, I hold my hand up and try and say as loudly as, as I said it in the first place that I got it wrong. People have different ways of doing that, and that's not a criticism at all. It's just, you know... People are people, and I'm not sure it proved anything very much other than, and I said this said this to Ben, actually. I said, you know, sometimes it says more about you, the question that you ask, than the answer that I give. Uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's kind of what I was, I was sort of saying humorously. But I think certainly on Mobius's thread, there's quite a lot of that. It said more about the people who were asking questions. It did about Mobius in terms of his answers. Um, you know, I... I think in other places he's answered more forthrightly about particular things. I don't agree with him um, on quite a lot of uh, uh, of issues, but I don't think you know. I don't think anyone would have 
looked at that thread and not felt a bit sorry for him because it was mm. pretty awful, you know, yeah. to, uh, to, you know, to, to put your time into something, to offer yourself and your time, you know, to sort of be genuine and, you know, and, and kind of support the Reddit and support everything related to the community and then have that kind of, that kind of backwards and forwards. I don't think it really served any, any purpose. It didn't persuade me about uh, my viewpoint about anybody. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't persuaded to believe that Mobius is any worse a person or better a person. And I wasn't persuaded that um, the individuals on the other side of it were any worse or better than, you know, than I've seen of, of other behaviors. So it is what it is. It was a bit of a shame, you know, missed opportunity, I think, to, to discuss PVE in general. Because I think that would have been a very interesting discussion to discuss what what PVE players want or what the Mobius PVE players want. Um, you know, one in terms of how they manage their group, or two, if they can't manage the group, ways in which that they could, you know, they could get what they want within the experience of the main game. Interesting. Still there. Um, if uh, you want to view through either of these Reddit's, or you want to have a look at uh, Lavinia's Legion which is the third Reddit that was set up over that weekend. You can find them on the Elite Dangerous uh, Reddit archive. Now, uh, the way to get to that is you can go to the Elite Dangerous Reddit. And if you go down the side panel, you'll see that there is an AMA schedule and there is a full list. And it will give you all the upcoming AMAs. Um, it will also give you uh, the archive. So it will give you the ones that, uh, that have already been done. Um, if you're, you know, if you're not uh, uh, familiar with Reddit, then you know it's certainly worth having a, uh, a look at and having a go through. Um, some of the folks who are still, you know, on the Reddits, um, you know, will obviously will, will still reply. So you know, you could drop onto a couple of them if you want to desperately ask me something else, or you know, or just ask me on info at laveradio.com or whatever. But um, but yeah, you know, there's there's still opportunity for people to talk about particular things. And you've got quite a schedule coming up. They've got um, the Distant Worlds group coming up on the 25th. And then through April, you've got a whole list of, of different people. You've got a couple uh, are also that they're, they're looking to schedule at the moment. So, yeah, you know, all very interesting. And it's a nice way to get some profile in that regard, you know, to get people who have been involved, you know, back and, and talking about things that they've done. Because, you know, it's been a while for, for some of the stuff. People have, have missed it, haven't seen it. Okay, so that about does us for Community Corner. Do we have any questions that have come in, folks? Uh, I don't have any questions, but there is something that I think people might be interested in knowing about. Okay. Um, in uh, It's just been advertised on the forum, and I've mm -hmm. been on forum and Reddit. There is a website called Looking for Wing, which is LF, uh, sorry, lfw.io. Uh, and here, this is a new tool that someone's put up, which allows people or commanders to uh, get in contact so that they can wing up uh, and arrange missions. Um, I, I think this is the kind of tool that um, people will probably um, find useful. So um, uh, you do have to have a, a create a login and a password, but once you're there, I think um, the process is quite simple. And it's a very pretty page. I've just gone on. What a lovely star field they've got in the background. I was sitting there looking at it and thinking maybe that's a bit tiled, but actually no, it's it's yeah, they've managed to, to sort of um put the middle panel onto the center of that and it looks gorgeous. Mm. A lovely page. Um 
Yeah, no, uh, really, really simple URL, lfw.io, um, as you say, Colin, and uh, very easy to get onto and just, just log in. And obviously, you can find some friends, which for, for Elite Dangerous is, as you've already proved this evening, essential. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, although, um, I, I don't think Big Al needed much tea, to be honest. I, that, that's, that's always useful. It means you've got the rest of the pot for someone else. Yes, true. I've just got an order in for some tea as well, actually. Um, yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, an Andrew Dean is, is looking for a, a nice, fresh, hot serving. Okay, well, uh, I suggest you, um, you boil up or, um, or get Colin to, uh, to put the cosy on. Would you reckon? <laughs> Uh, at the moment, I, I've got to go and talk to George Lucas about about Big Al, but uh, um, and and his tea. So uh, once once that's done, I might be able to pop back. You see, in the old days, in some of my my other things that I did when um, uh, I used to wear a costume and run around woodlands, uh, we would have we would have a secret code, and it was invented by someone else to prevent uh, altercations. There's a secret code for when you needed a healer. And instead of shouting out healer, because what that would do is get a healer to run into the woods and obviously they could be ambushed, we would shout oranges. So if you needed a healer, it was oranges and, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So um, I like the idea that tea is now, you know, something we can use as a means of getting past lave security. That sounds good. It's also very, very British. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Arthur Dent Appreciation Society. Well, there is that, you know, but that's that's what's happened, isn't it? Really, that's what's happened this evening. So yeah, cool. Okay, so let's look through. So essentially, we're we're down to the shoutouts, really, gentlemen. So let's have a run through then. So who do we have in game around Lave Station? I think Colin and I have both deserted everybody around in, who is in-game, in but I think we have to give a shout-out to... Oh, Lummy. Sorry. Levianova, maybe? Yep. And Hawkus Alpha. Okay, yes. fantastic. What, what have they been up to? They they come and help you with um, with tea? Or yes, they, they, they have been helping to serve tea. Oh, that's, that's yeah. very kind. Um, the, the rest of the tea meets. I am outside leave. We have Commander Malialau. Uh, Tokis Varks, Saltire, Cosmic Creepers, Starion, Gabriel Luna, and Commander Icefire, Commander Arkenbost. And um, I'm trying to think who has been giving me abuse all night. Hot Sporin has been giving me abuse all evening. <laughs> <laughs> he always gives you abuse. You, you get abuse from a Hot Sporin all evening. That's just obviously cultural um so okay so and what about the irc chat ah. <laughs> <laughs> I now, take irc's been around tonight and they've been nattering away as per usual uh stadium's been asking for you though i have to admit um but no in irc we've had arkham based again i can't move this out of the way i can uh academic dust 894 and that's not you is it, alan no that's not no. an alter ego of mine no i'm afraid not um, Commander Asrian, Commander Batster, who was also outside of Lave earlier, I believe. Uh, Commander Highbite, Commander Icefire, Levianova again, Lucius, Cal- Calibacorp, Nailzen, Collins here, Ripped, Snevis, and Snarian again. 
Okay, and um, what about Twitch? Anyone over on Twitch? Loads of people on Twitch who have been absolutely stunned and amazed by the amazing skills that I have been showing them at landing on planets. I think a few of them have been taking notes. Uh, Chris Jarvis, I think I have put shame on you. Shame on you and your last couple of streams. You just haven't got that ability to land like a boss like I do. We have almost different. Balsdid Brit, Bitstorm, Commander Aziron, Jack Shit. Uh, declared Simonian, uh, Ford Prefect, uh, Garzini, Highbite, Smashing Pumpkins, Justin, Lagoon, A Hunter, Leo Sagan, Maverick, Mifollet, or Mifolle, Midanthrope, Mr. Purple Streak, Nosiri, Rummick, UK, uh, Shadow333, Smarty91, Space Lenin, Tarkus Black, Thirsty Badger, Varun74, whoever. 11. Worship uh, FSM. Okay. Watcher and Zaklo Bester Photoboy. Ooh, that sounds painful. <laughs> well, it, you know, obviously there's something something related to photos, which, yeah. you know. Grant, can I, just, can I just ask, is, is that now code, uh, landing like a boss, is that now code for a face plant? <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it face planting. I, I very rarely f- face plant, but I certainly do scrape my exhaust along a planet for a bit. Um, so you're something else. Marks, then. I did notice that the codes are having missions in. Now, where was I? And so the codes seem to have relocated into Aurora, I think it is. Uh, no, Zeons. Okay. Uh, well, you know, there's a bank over there, so, you know. um all right so uh further to that i've got a a couple of shout outs here just a a small apology uh and commiserations to my my board gaming pals i was due to be down at uh back in andover to uh meet up with my old friends who uh who i play board games with every time i get a chance to we were gonna have a, a bout of XCOM and um, Arkham Horror, I think. Uh, so that's that's Andy, Richard, and James. Um, uh, I, I'm trying to remember James's commander name in Elite Dangerous. And um, both Richard and James both play. Um, they're avid Elite fans, so they're you know they're, they're dead keen on uh, on the game. And James was actually was the the first person that got me into Elite way back in the 1980s. So bless him. He's followed everything I've I've been doing. Uh, and Richard as well, you know, we used to, to sort of hang around when uh, uh, he had Frontier and, uh, and Elite on the Amstrad. So, yeah, so sorry, guys, that I didn't make it down for the board game evening. The next one we're working out is in May. So that's the next time we're all free to, you know, to meet up and, uh, and play that, um, which should be good. You know, they, uh, we generally have a good night. Uh, and... Also, can we... Um, okay, I'll just read what you said. Uh, Alan, can you shout out to Commander Babster18, Ben says. So, hi, Commander Babster. Um, apparently you're twitching as well. Um, I, I, the use of the word twitch, you know, twitching, as it were, it, it kind of makes me think of bird watchers and, yeah. and it's all a bit, you know, I, I'm still not quite used to that. I'm, you know, kind of used to it but i i guess you know it's it's about growing up and um uh, being old and well just just be thankful that you didn't make the mistake that i did last week of mixing twitching and chatting 
okay. anything twatching, which is not not a uh, good idea. No, no, I, I I would suggest you didn't do that. Um, so, and you wanted to talk a little bit about the miniatures game, did you, Colin? Yes. Well, um, one of the things that, um, as everybody seems to to know about, is that I've been working with uh, some new rules with uh, Dave Hughes of the uh, Elite Encounters role-playing game. Uh, and I think sometime in the next week, I'll be putting up a, a couple of test demonstrations uh, on, on the Top Shift on the YouTube channel. So uh, anybody who's interested in those kind of board games is quite welcome to, to um, examine the demo, see whether or not I've got the rules right, give us some, some constructive criticism. <laughs> always, always helpful. And please bear in mind that we can't use X-Wing rules anymore because they won't give us the license. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um, I've got a couple of shout-outs here, one of which is just to, to let people know if they didn't already. Um, my first fantasy novel, The Sword of Wissamere, is currently available for free uh, on Amazon. Um, it's available in the UK and the US and in Germany and, you know, all good, all good Amazon websites. Um, you can find that just by typing in Wissamir into an Amazon search. So that's W-I-S-I-M-I-R. Um, and that's available for free up until the end of tomorrow. So, yeah, last thing at night. It might, it might roll over a little bit into Thursday morning because it's, I think it's Pacific time they base everything on. So, uh, but don't count on it. So, you know, if you can, if you've got a Kindle, if you've got another ebook reader, um, get onto Amazon. Go download it and and enjoy it. You know it's one of the one of the reasons why it's there and it's free. Um, and also, if you're particularly politically inclined, um, since the last time I've been on, I've released a, a set of poetry. So if you're interested in um, in blue balls um, and uh, what they're doing with our, our government, then um, go have a look at Tory Times. Uh, Tory Times is a collection of satirical poetry about the Conservative Party. I'm sure. I never thought I would ever write poems. I never thought I would ever write a book on poems. I'm sure if, you know, if you're into um, comedy about the Conservative Party, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not hard to write comedy about the Conservative Party at the moment. Um, then please do have a, have a look and see if what they will make you, you chuckle. What can you rhyme with Ian Duncan Smith? Oh, trust me, man. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, IDS is, is very easy to, to make something work. Um, Not as easy as Mr. Hunt. Have you, have you seen, have you seen uh, uh, the I did of IDS? <laughs> have you seen the image I did of IDS? And the, the oh, image, no, not yet. The image of IDS is, because basically Tory times, all of, the, um, all of the, the, the subjects are all circular blue balls, and they've then all got sort of slightly different things on them. So uh, David Cameron has got a tiny, uh, has got a top hat, and he's standing next to a pig. Um and uh, George Osborne has got a red suitcase and lots of money and a tiny hat. Um, Ian Duncan Smith is attached to a disabled sign, so the, the ball is his head. Um, and, you know, if you think of the wheelchair disabled sign, and then, then I managed to find two little pieces of, you know, two sort of grey tufts to go on the side of the ball. And it's surprising what, what you can, how you can make a ball look like a person uh, just with a tiny thing. So those two little tufts of hair on the side of his head. Uh, really sort of made it work. So uh, yeah, I was quite proud of that one. Um, so yeah, so so that was uh, that was that. Um, didn't didn't think I'd be talking about poetry that much. Never mind. Okay, so I think there's nothing else, gentlemen. I, I think one the, more. Think the- oh, did we miss something? What did we miss, Ben? 
Yeah, well, just wanting to remind everybody for tomorrow's alt live stream as well. Of course. Yeah, we couldn't not do that. And, you know, obviously with Fozzer back as host, then, you know, that would, <laughs> that would be important to, to make sure that we reminded everyone about. Um, yeah, tomorrow, Planet Coaster. So uh, if Planet Coaster is, is your thing and roller coasters and designing roller coasters and, uh, and you know, the, all of the, the accoutrements that come with that and designing toilet blocks, I think, you know, obviously very important thing to make sure that children know how to design toilet blocks. Um, then please, please do tune in tomorrow. I'm sure the guys will be criticizing, analyzing, eulogizing, appreciating, depreciating, uh, and, and everything else, every other superlative, uh, and, and, and verb that they can bring to planet coaster to try and work out you know, how to play it, what to do, what the best things are, and everything else. Um, wonder if Frontier will fix the, the installer by then. What do you reckon? They've hatched it about three times today, I believe. So I'm assuming, if I can't prove this or not, that it's better now than it was earlier. <laughs> well, I guess you're going to find out, won't you? So um, in time, though, if people do want to, you know, to, to listen to our essentially... Well, I'm not going to hype it too much and say it's a definitive guide to, you know, to Planet Coaster, but our, our show and, and experience of Planet Coaster, the guys are already testing, playing, um, breaking, doing whatever they can with Planet Coaster right now. So if you've already got the game, then do install it, get a hold of it, go have a look, see what, uh, what else is going on. Um, I think you guys have probably already mentioned that Julian Gollop of Chaos Reborn and uh, Laser Squad and et cetera, et cetera, uh, they've got their, they've just started alluding to their new game, which is Phoenix Point. We don't know much about it yet. Um, I'm over in Bulgaria with Julian next Tuesday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm in Bulgaria to, to chat with Julian. So kind of hoping he's going to film me in on, on what's to come which would be exciting um, i'm sure i can report back if anyone's interested um yeah sometime in the week after and yeah i think that's that's pretty much everything did i miss anything else no i, th- I think we're all covered okay just, so just a, just a reminder about elite meat um if you want information oh. or if you are coming we are just trying to arrange name badges so if you have booked and not given commander names then if you don't give us some we might just have to make them up for you and we're also going to be putting up uh, a nice deal that we arranged today they gave us a really good deal for a buffy dinner on the saturday night so we're going to get details of that up so do check out the website elitemeet.info if you're coming and you've not got tickets yet then hurry up what are you waiting for it's going to be epic it really is yeah no definitely karen and i are coming uh we've got EasterCon this weekend so EasterCon's up in manchester um we're there for the british fantasy society this weekend and then uh then in bulgaria during the week or i am in bulgaria during the week and then straight up to uh, uh to glasgow for elite meet and i think grant i'm bringing mice you wanted and uh i'm bringing the um dmx connectors for um for artemis so which we're going to have a try at and see if uh, see if they work so yeah exciting um busy time busy time all over the shop uh really busy good job i got a passport you know it would have been would have been terrible managed to pick a passport up on monday so yeah all right that's it for another episode of live radio then if you want to get in touch with us then, as always, you can email the show at info at laveradio.com, Facebook slash Lave Radio, 
at Live Radio on Twitter, uh, or you can join the Discord channel by going to uh, HTTP colon slash slash tinyurl.com slash Live Radio. Or you can join the team, TeamSpeak server, which is laveradio.teamspeak3.com. Uh, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening. It's here at 8, uh, 8.30 p.m. GMT and streamed out via HTTP colon slash slash laveradio.com slash live. Thanks to... I That's it here. Thanks to whoever... thanks to everyone that's joined us on the show tonight um everyone that's out there in game everyone that uh, we've given a shout out to people that are listening uh thanks to you guys thanks grant thanks ben thanks colin and it's been a long time you know uh i kind of miss this a little bit you know i do my best to on it's been nice it's been real it's been great to see everybody and hopefully i'll see you all in game very soon so until next time fly safe if you can't fly safe <laughs> make a cup of tea. Good night. Yeah, make a cup of tea. Make a cup of tea. Fly dangerous. Good night. Take care. Good night. Lave Radio, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy.